When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's it, everybody. We are back. This is episode 129, How to Become Self-Taught. I'm Matt, that's Mike, and this week we'll be discussing the art of becoming self-taught, as the title very clearly lays out. Now, if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. And just another brief reminder that Mike is working on that uh, weekly goals app, and there is a public Trello where you can follow along in his journey. Link will be somewhere, because we don't have show notes yet. Probably on the Twitter, if I remember I once again. But this week... This week, it's my episode. I wrote out these show notes, and uh, as as per usual, they're like three pages, because I just write as I think. So they're massive. And uh, yeah, we got three segments here. Uh, quote, or I am quote unquote self-taught is the first one. Second one is how to become self-taught. That's the, that's the juicy one. And the third one's going to be like a more personable, whatever, tips and tricks. Matt's got, or Matt's, me, Matt like tip and tricks. Um... <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> you know where you know where my mind went there? It went immediately to Terry Jeffords from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah. And then I was like, oh, I can do a joke here. And then I tried to like pull out of the joke in my head too early. And that's why I said tip and tricks, not tips and tricks. And then I just said it, and now it's ridiculous. But there's tips and tricks from Matt and Mike, and Matt is me. So everyone simmer down. And, uh, okay, let's just get into it before I uh, dig myself into an even weirder, like, sitcom hole. But anyway, the title self-taught can be a little overwhelming and is sometimes overused or underused, okay? So in school, in traditional school, like college, university, just doing online courses, whatever it is, right? You will oftentimes, or they will oftentimes only teach you a part or a piece of what you need to know Even for the exam. So if you're doing like a college university course, you got an exam, they're not going to teach you 100% of what's going to be on that exam necessarily. And then they'll leave the rest uh, for you to discover in labs if you have those, or maybe it's in that same textbook chapter in question, etc. Now, I just want to be clear that a lot of these educational background things I'm talking about is education as it is in Canada and with a heavy focus on post-secondary, but it can apply in general, to other levels of education as well, but your mileage may vary in your country of uh, residence or whatever. Whilst many people would take traditional courses as quote-unquote not self-taught, there are absolutely parts of schools that are self-taught and that essentially teach you how to self-teach, okay? So after completing college, a phrase I heard a lot from colleagues and other students was something along the lines of, college is there to teach you how to learn. Now, whilst this sort of mentality can spark some controversy with people thinking that teachers, instructors, and professors should be teaching as much as possible due to the paid nature of post-secondary education, right, in in, uh, 
in uh, in Canada, you you pay for schooling past secondary school, past high school. And so because you're paying, some people are going to be like, hey, man, like, you know, they, they I'm paying these people. They should teach me everything. But the reality is that you can get caught into the weeds of something and never really escape. So to kind of explain that and to sort of bring that into the web development world, could you imagine explaining the ins and outs of migrating someone over to a new host? There's literally hundreds of things to consider and trying to go through all that with your client to take hours. You know, you sort of have your broad idea of we need to bring the files over. Maybe we need to bring your email over. We got to configure the DNS differently. We got to figure out where the registrar is and like whether the name's registered and those type of things. But, you know, you have to consider the really small things. Like you have to consider things like how your PHP is configured. What version of PHP is there? How much space is on the old server versus the new server? How fast are the servers? Then the list just keeps going and going and going. Now, the same sort of situation can arise in school where let's just say you get taught uh, the basics on something easy. So let's just say lighting up an LED with a circuit, okay? You're taking a really basic electronics course and they teach you this is how you light up an LED, okay? Now, they only, they're only they only going to like cover that first part, let's say, and maybe they'll cover some more specific stuff as we go. But if it's a basic electronics course, they're going to be like, this is how you power an LED. Okay, moving on to the next basic thing, right? But it's an LED. So there's a lot you can do with them. You can flash LEDs, you can fade them and like do like a breathe effect, fade in, fade out, fade in, fade out. Light is different under different diffusers. So you could talk about that, talk about different voltages, you know, how to use pre-made LED boards with common interfaces in a given industry, if that's a thing. And like the list just keeps going, right? So it's like, you just think like, oh, why didn't the teacher just teach us all this? It is because there's that sort of getting into the weeds and you'll just never leave. Like, what if they start talking about the type of material that LEDs are made of? Like, it just gets, it gets crazy. Now, this makes it too much to teach all at once. So the balance of teaching, you know, too much versus too little. So, you know, teaching too much material, getting into the weeds, teaching too little material, you know, avoiding the weeds too much and then actually missing some basics. It's a difficult balance to strike. And this is kind of, in my opinion, where that controversy sort of gets sparked is because some people are going to be like, hey, man, like I didn't pass the exam because you didn't teach me, you know, A, B, C, D, E. You only taught me A, B. So maybe that teacher didn't go far enough. But if they taught you like A, B, C, D and left E to you, some people are still going to be kind of pissed, but you'd be able to pass because you have the majority of the knowledge for the exam type of thing. So there's like that balance. Some people might only teach A, B, C, et cetera, those type of things, right? That's where this controversy comes in. Now, the reason why I even went into this on a quote unquote self-taught thing is because I want to make sure that you understand that even though you went through a traditional schooling or if you did you also did some self-teaching. You know, you're not completely foreign to the concept of being like, hey, man, like, you know, you got to read this book yourself. Like, you're not completely screwed because there's probably times where the teacher said, like, hey, we're going to go through pages one through 10 of this chapter. And then you guys, you know, yourselves read 10 through 20. And that 10 through 20 is you actually self-teaching, even though you were ordered to by some institution, by some teacher, by some whatever, excuse me, whatever it was. Th- that is that is still you self-teaching. So traditional, traditionally taught things, you still have some self-teaching in you. Now, if you're a person that, say, didn't go to traditional school or you're trying to change careers or you want to try something new, okay, 
being self-taught relies on you knowing how you learn best and feeding those needs accordingly. This is why it's important to sort of figure out what type of learner you are in general. So if you went to a traditional school, then you need to figure out like, hey, you know, reading the textbook parts was really annoying, but like maybe I did my reading and then went on YouTube and watched something and then I understood it. So maybe you're more of like a visual learner. You like learning via videos and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's official classifications of different types of learners and that. And that's not what we're here about. We're here about just sort of feeding into what you can kind of learn online about a lot of things, but like obviously with a focus on web development. So some people are wet, are visual learners, right? Others work best by reading everything. Some like to just get right into the thick of it right away with a more of a sink or swim sort of scenario. They like to just say, how do I make a web page? They Google that and then they go, okay. And then they start with their HTML tags and they get like right into it. Like they're already writing their thing. Uh, some people like to watch a lot of videos first. Some people like to listen to a lot of podcasts first, whatever it is. Now, if you've had a lot of self-teaching experience from your traditional education to bring it back to that, then you may already know what type of learning best suits you. That's why you have to pay attention to that. You have to see like, oh, did that YouTube video help me more or did reading help me more? And if you don't, it's time to try things out. So you're not just being, you're not just screwed where you have to take some sort of test to figure out what type of learning you are. Just try things out. Remember that all you're trying to do, especially when you're doing self-teaching to take some pressure off of you is all you're trying to do is add knowledge to your own head. So there's no pressure of a test or of an exam of student expectations, nothing like that. The goal is that today you don't know how to do something and then tomorrow or even next year, you now know how to do that thing. That's all you're trying to do in self-teaching. Now, I have this broken down into a few different types of self-teaching sort of tools that will help different types of learners. So I have videos, I have podcasts, I have reading, so that would be articles, guides, documentation, and then practice, practice, practice. So I'll get into each, get into the weeds, if you will, of each of these things. So learning things on YouTube is something that we've all done when doing something small, like tying a tie or something. You're just being like, hey, how do I do this? Folding laundry efficiently, if you like to be efficient with things, or other small things, right? It's little things where you're just like, oh, how does, how do people, how do people, uh, how do people get their TV working? My TV isn't working. Oh, you got to do this. You got to like make sure the HDMI is plugged in over here and blah, 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 blah. Those type of things. Just basic one-offs that you're not really trying to learn a skill. You're just sort of like, hey, I need to get this thing done. I'm going to look up a quick tutorial. But as many of you probably know, but some maybe don't, you know, there's a lot of actually great fully fledged free courses or guides or whatever you want to call them that people have made on YouTube. There's full PHP guides. There's different, you know, hey, this is how you make a website on WordPress. This is how you start out with WordPress. This is how you make a WordPress theme. This is how you, you know, the, the, the topics just keep going and going and going way out of web development and into wherever, right? So, for example, um, I use videos, okay, to explore topics right now, right? So, like, like, like let's say, for example, uh, and, and this is actually a real example. So right now I'm trying to sort of refresh my canvas knowledge. I kind of played with it in the past and I don't know much about it. HTML canvas, right? The canvas tags, whatever. So I fired up a video of a guy making a game in canvas. And then I just kept pausing and Googling the different topics that he was covering, uh, to understand the different commands and workflow better. So what that is an example of is using a video, you know, as a way to feed my need to understand the different parts. So you don't need to be a person that says like, man, you know, it's lazy to just sit there and listen to 
a video play or watch a video play, because some people would think that, you can use videos as sort of like a hybrid between these other methods that we're going to dive into. You can watch a video to like a minute in or whatever, and you're like, oh, what's that? You pause, maybe you look at the screen, what the guy's doing, and then you go, okay, I'm going to go and Google that. And you so when you, you go and you Google that and you're on H3 Schools, or excuse me, W3 Schools or whatever it is you're getting your knowledge, and then you read up on, oh, that's what that type of tag is, and that's why he did like a point two here, and that's why that's why they did this and whatever. And that's exactly what I was doing with this guy's video that I was watching was I was like, you know, pausing every couple of minutes, which sounds ridiculous, but I was using the video to sort of fuel my reading because I'm not a person that likes to read a lot. Now, I also find that skipping through videos can actually be as helpful as documentation sometimes. So I'll get into documentation soon and how they're kind of written and that type of thing later. But obviously, you know, you don't need to, you know, read the documentation just to figure out, read the whole documentation just to figure out how to like configure a button, let's say, you know, you want to put up a button on bootstrap, you're not going to read like the, the credits of who made bootstrap through like a 1000 topics all the way to buttons and then read buttons and be like, okay, now I can stop and make my buttons, right. And people sometimes treat videos like as if they're like a check mark where you have to complete the video. I don't do that. Sometimes if I, so if I, and I haven't finished it, but if I finish this guy's canvas tutorial, finish it out. And then I think like, man, like I forget how we did this context thing, which is a thing you mess with in canvas. I forget this context thing. I'm going to skip through until I find that part and go with it. So just like how documentation is like you, you know, you control F or you, you search through to find the button chapter in if you're trying to figure out how to do a bootstrap button, like I said, videos can serve the same purpose where maybe you're more of a visual learner, but you don't need to watch that whole video again. And I feel like there's a there's a weird and it's amongst I'm finding it like amongst my friends. So it's a very small sample size. So I could just be, you know, completely wrong. But I do find that people think that videos and some other things like podcasts, which we'll get into, need to be sort of checked off. You need to listen to the whole thing, watch the whole thing, and get the check mark. And that's not, that's not true. You can like, you are trying to get that knowledge into your head. You're trying to get your knowledge of whatever task, whatever thing, in this case, canvas into my head. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Canvas knowledge into my head. I'm not going to sit there and listen to this guy's intro four times. I'm going to skip through the video and use it like a piece of documentation. Use it like the W3 schools articles, use it like the MDN or whatever uh, website I'm using different. Like I'm going to use, I'm going to use these, um, these tools to, to further my knowledge, I'm not going to say like, oh, I watched his whole video. Like, you know, now I get the check mark. So I know that might sound weird to you. You might be like, what is he going on about? There are people out there that want that check mark. Like, oh, I've completed playing this. And that's just not necessary. Like who, like who cares? Okay. So that's just something I did want to bring attention to. And now with, uh, with podcasts, podcasts are similar to video in that you're quote unquote, watching or more specifically listening, obviously, to someone who's doing something else. So I'm talking about audio podcasts, not video podcasts in this case. So, you know, you're listening to someone do something. They're doing something. They're describing something as they go along or they're summarizing it after the fact. So they're talking about, hey, you know, I went and I did this and this is how I got through it. Like it was really, really hard, but I got Canvas to work this way or uh, this was really hard, but I got, you know, my database to not be corrupted anymore when I did this or I got rid of this WordPress error because last week I had this issue and this is how I solved it. So you're listening to what they're saying. Now, the great part about this and the difference between video and podcast is obviously podcasts in this case, again, audio podcasts, it doesn't have the visual medium, excuse me, it doesn't have the the video part, the visual part, visual medium, whatever you want to call it, 
but it absolutely does bring the ability to multitask. Okay, so there's the strength of it. So yeah, you're losing the visual part of it. You're losing that. It's gone. But you're gaining the ability to continue working if you're working on something you know reasonably easy because listening to a complex podcast and doing complex work just doesn't work, at least not for me. But you can be working, you could be exercising, walking around, doing your house cleaning, whatever, and you can continue to learn. So podcasts is less interactive. You're cutting that, but you're adding the multitasking friendly or multitasking. It, excuse me. It is multitasking friendly, basically. And so they serve a similar purpose. Podcasts and videos serve a, ver- serve a very similar purpose because someone else is doing something and you're listening or watching them do it, right? Or listening and watching them describe it. But it's just it's just one's more interactive where if you're a visual person, you're going to really enjoy videos. But if you're a visual, whether you're a visual person or just an audio person, if you are a person that goes like, I want to keep learning, I'm not going to learn as efficiently from podcasting. But like normally I would just be going out in a jog. You know, I'm going to go and listen to a podcast or if you're a person that's super into exercise, but you really want to learn something. So obviously you're spending a lot of time doing that. You're going to throw on that podcast. And if you're an audio, if you're an audio learner, like if you're a person that can just like listen and learn, then you're going to have like way like a huge benefit to like you're going to be exercising. So whatever. And then you're going to be for your body or whatever. And then you're going to be gaining that knowledge at the same time or cleaning your house same time or playing a video game that's really passive same time so now you're getting like your fun and your and your your fun and your your professional done too and i actually do do that a lot not to get into the weeds of that but i do the i do that a lot where sometimes i just like i'm fed up with working for the day or i'm done working for the day and it's late and i'm just like man like i don't want to be working anymore well i will combine m- me putting on an educate an education or uh an informative, whatever you want to call it, podcast on with a game that I'm playing that's really passive, that I've beat it before. I don't really need to hear it or like I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. And so I'm able to have my leisure time and sort of get away from work, but I'm also still learning. So it's sort of like that multitasking thing. So that's really the benefit that podcasts bring. Now, the next one is reading articles, guides, and documentation, basically just reading through things, right? So if you're a person that prefers reading, so you're a person that, you know, you you would prefer to read the textbook in a traditional sort of class setting. There's a plethora, there's a plethora of, um, there's a plethora of articles, guides, and other written material out there for you on almost a countless amount of topics, right? There's, I don't know, makeup guides, there's computer fixing guides, there's desk building guides, there's woodworking guides, there's uh, like upholstering furniture guy like it's it's all over the place and it's the same with video and podcasts and those type of things too now written material is the king is the king of quick referencing whilst you can quickly skip to a part of a video or a podcast like i said you still have to watch or listen to what's being said or shown so it's slow you know you skip to it so you that's faster than listening to the whole thing but you still got to listen to that two minutes but if you just want to figure out where the heck the color property is of a button you just skip to the button chapter control f color. There it is. And you, you know what I mean? It, it is faster. King of quick referencing. And this is actually where documentation kind of comes in. Documentation in general is typically written so that it is for a quick reference guide. Okay. It's for quick referencing. Now, 
Yes, there's a subset of people, people who learn, and there's nothing wrong with it, where people say, read the whole damn manual before you start doing anything. And those people like to get all the information in so that they're not doing something inefficiently or doing something without realizing that there was an easier way to do it or whatever it is, or uh, or a proper way to do it, or a way that would result in less wear and tear on something if it's something physical that they're working on. So those people like to read the whole manual. But documentation is generally written for the quick referencer. So if you're a person that just likes to jump in, but you're like, damn, I can't, like, where the hell is this color property? You're not going to read the whole 2000 page manual. You're just going to go look for the color property. And that's, that's the king of this. So the benefit here is, is that there's tons of stuff to read, articles, guides, documentation, et cetera. But the great part about this is you kind of have a companionship there, meaning in terms of the reading medium. So if you will, or the written medium, I guess. So it'd be like, you can go and read, maybe your favorite influencer writes a bunch of articles on how Elementor works. I don't know how Elementor works. So you go in and you're always reading his guides, uh, reading her guides, whatever. And then you get through it and you're like, hey, you know, like that was pretty informative. I'm going to go make my own website. So you go and you boot up Elementor and you're like, damn, why can't I get this page to work? Where the hell is this name property? Well, are you going to go back through that person's article? Maybe. But in general, documentation will help you. So you have like a companion. So you get, you know, you can you can kind of get the, the, the two edged, I almost said a two edged sword, but like it's not bad. It's like you're getting both sides of the coin. You're getting sort of like the article, which is usually um, kind of phrased like the uh, phrase like the influencer would. Right. So it's a little bit of entertainment value in there. It's like you like how this person phrases their article. Right. But then you're also getting the very direct documentation route where you're just like, where the heck is this name property? And so it, that's one benefit of of the reading, written, whatever medium is because you're getting sort of that um, shift or that difference and that companionship of those two type, those two different but very similar types of written medium in one sort of way to learn. Um, now. Next one, and I think this one needs to be used all the time, is practice. Literally entitled practice, practice, practice in the notes in front of me. Programming requires, programming anything, excuse me, requires a lot of practice. This goes for other related tasks like system admin tasks, right? And even more for creative things like writing, which is something that you'll actually need to do if you're making a project public on GitHub, for example, right? You'll actually be like, need to write a readme file. If people start using your thing, like they got to need to they need to know where the APIs are or how they install it or whatever. So you got to have a little bit of writing skill, right? Now, while learning via watching like the YouTube videos, listening via the podcast like I said or reading on whatever type of reading you're doing is very valuable, rarely do these methods ever really replace practice. You can read a tons tons of books, watch endless videos on a given topic, whatever, but it doesn't replace the need for getting your hands dirty and actually working on that shiny new project. It's sort of like the thing when someone, someone is, you know how, I I guess I, I don't know whether this would be something like not specific to me, but specific to people that listen to, let's say like, let's say like true crime podcast is a good example. Now I'm not going to pick a certain case or anything, but I, I listen to the odd true crime podcast and like you sitting there, as like sort of the armchair detective, as people would would say, you're listening to this case and you're like, man, why didn't the police do this? Man, why didn't this witness do this? Why didn't the judge do this? Why didn't? But then you get like that one little itty bitty piece of information later on and you're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And the reason why you didn't have that is because you're not in it. 
You're not in the case. You're not like a police officer on the case. You're not a PI on the case. You're not whatever. And so you're only getting this presented thing. And so that goes back to that weeds argument, right? That goes back to that weeds argument. It's because you, Mike and I right now are teaching you something. You're listening to this and you're learning something. But I'm skipping through with bullet points. We're not getting into the weeds of how YouTube videos work. We're not getting into the weeds of other websites other than YouTube that have courses. We're not getting into the weeds of where you can go and learn stuff online. We're getting into the basics, right? And so when you take this information and go, I'm going to self-teach myself how to uh, do pottery. Like I'm going to make my own like clay pots for my plants. There you go. Well, you're going to take this information, go to YouTube, and then you might be like, hey, wait a second. There's way better videos on Vimeo. Hey, wait a second. There's way better videos on Udemy. Hey, wait a sec. There's way better videos on this random person's site. That's the weeds. That's the thing that we didn't cover because it's too much for us to cover in one episode. We could be talking about how the YouTube algorithm works for the next 10 years and it would keep changing. And we could just keep having episodes on that and it, you're getting too into the weeds. And so this is something that comes in. So practice, practice, practice. You want to watch that guy do, in my case, that guy do the Canvas tutorial? You want to watch that guy do the Canvas tutorial? Well, that's all well and good, but I haven't actually wrote it down. Like I haven't typed it out. I haven't done that code myself. So if I were to sit down, I'd be like, damn. And I'd immediately go back to his to his video to like actually figure out how to start my file because I can't remember that and I haven't practiced it. So in most, if not all cases, you need to be in it. You need to be practicing it. You need to get your hands dirty, right? And I want to be clear here, <laughs> which is, you know, it probably goes without saying, but I do want to say like, if you're a person like listening to a documentary on like a true crime thing or something, don't go and get your hands dirty. Just enjoy it for its entertainment value or for your own knowledge or whatever. Don't be trying to get into a case. That's, you know, that's crazy without some sort of official okay, right? Don't be trying to like get into a case or whatever. Uh, don't get yourself in trouble. But the point is like, if you're listening to somebody talk about programming and you're interested in programming, I mean, go try some programming. You could read a thousand books on Java and then you get there and you're like, crap, what's this variable mean? You know, and but you would know that if you tried it. It's the same reason why a lot of times teachers go back to, to traditional learning. Teachers will make you listen and take notes because you're reading and writing or you're sorry, you're listening and writing. So you're doing kind of the both things. You're getting like the audible presentation version, right? Sometimes they're drawing it on the board and then you're writing it down as well to retain it. But then you have homework after because you need to do it again and again and again to remember it. And even then, school doesn't offer enough time for you to master something. You're not going to master advanced functions because you had a one, four month or whatever, how long it is, six month long advanced functions course. You're not going to master advanced functions. Like that's just not going to happen. Like you're supposed to be doing functions, advanced functions all the time in order to master it. There's a reason why if I take like a summer golf course where I'm like, someone teach me how to golf, I might understand the basics and be able to like go on the course now, understand the rules and hit the ball right. But I'm not going to become Tiger Woods. Like that's ridiculous, right? So just something to keep in mind is, in my opinion, you have to practice, but there's, but also there's no shame in not practicing if you're just dabbling in it. Yeah. And before we get into the tips and tricks, I think you've brought up so many good points here. I just want to highlight a couple of them uh, to kind of reiterate and expand on uh, a little bit. So 
The first point you made in this whole segment is really important to figure out, uh, which is becoming self-taught relies on you knowing how to learn and then feeding those needs accordingly. Like you have no idea how much quicker it is you'll pick up topics when you figure out your special formula. And I put like I'm putting air quotes up, obviously there's no camera, but uh your special formula is an important thing to figure out and how you learn something. And it's something that school is kind of anti helping you figure it out because school is very like cookie cutter. Like this is how we want you to learn. Read these, read these books, uh, listen to this lecture, do these assignments. That's not necessarily how everyone learns best. And when you're out of school and you're going into a new topic, you've got to figure out what is that thing that will, you know, increase your learning capacity by two, three, four, five times and be you being able to pick up new topics really quickly. And it's important to invest a little bit of time up front into figuring that out. So when you're going into a new topic, figure out like, you know, watch a video on it, like Matt's saying, listen to a podcast, listen, uh, read an article and then do some practicing, do all the things and see what sticks the most for you. And then, you know, combine them in a way that makes it so that they stick and they it, it creates the best learning environment for you. Because you're not stuck into any one of these things. No one is telling you that you can only use videos uh, to be able to learn this topic. You can only, you know, read articles. No, you have all of the resources of the internet. You have all the resources of public libraries. You have all the resources of mentors out there. Like that's another thing that we didn't mention here, but mentorship, mentorship is a big one. Like you can go out and find masterminds, find groups out there that, that kind of have like-minded people and get them to help you out. Um, we have a Discord server that's kind of good for that, not to plug it, but regardless, the HTML all things Discord server, you can come in there. But regardless, there's just so many ways for you to learn. Never put yourself in that cookie cutter, uh, you know, typical school scenario where you have to do something to get something done. It's just going to kind of put it more into a grind for you. And you're just going to go back to those same ways that you went through school where you just kind of, I mean, not everyone's the same, but for me, especially, it was more of just like, I need to get this done rather than I need to learn this thing. The other thing here uh, that I've highlighted is the fact that you can multitask while doing it. So I've, the reason that I want to talk about it is I've been doing this a lot lately and it's been kind of helping me become better at programming and become better at business and develop and self-development and stuff like that. I've been doing like, you know, reading, I've been essentially reading a regular book on like some sort of self-development thing. Uh, I've been listening to podcasts while like cleaning or something like that, doing any sort of random chores or exercising. And I've been also listening to an audio book on the way to uh, the audiobook is either like it's also something to do with business or programming or something. So I've been trying to kind of do as much as I possibly can while I have the time. And I know this might seem like it's kind of overwhelming to some people, but really when if you want to do something right, if you want to get into it, you got to kind of engulf yourself to the point where you're enjoying the content. Like I'm legitimately enjoying the books that I'm reading. I'm not doing it just because I have to. I like these business books that I'm reading. I like the programming stuff that I'm learning. Um, and it's making it a lot easier for me to go into this kind of material. And that's another part of the, that discovery process. Like, what do you like to do? Like on the off chance that you have some time and you want to do something that you're enjoying to do, that you, that you enjoy to do, then figure out, is that a podcast that you, that you want to listen to? Is that a YouTube video that you want to watch? And those are the kinds of things that you can throw on later on uh, to kind of have that like multitask learning sessions. And this is, again, part of the way part of the way, part of uh, your route to figuring out what the best learning method is for you. 
Yeah. Um, honestly, the honestly, it, it it's su- it's super, super, super important that you find out what you like to do with learning. And the thing is, like I've said before, is because you're probably listening to this and they're not going to a traditional school um, or maybe you are. But even if you aren't, um, if you are or you aren't, you know, it's important to know that when you're self teaching your, yourself something that is not related to traditional school. There is no pressure on you except for the pressure you put on yourself. So if you're a person that gets super anxious at tests and, and, and you know, keeping up with the Joneses, effectively keeping up with your classmates, you know, those are those things are gone now. You don't even need to tell anyone that you're going to learn programming at, at all. If you're a person that is going for accounting or went for accounting at a, at a traditional school and then you now want to learn programming – Use the skills of like what you how you like to learn from your traditional schooling, even though it's a different topic, and use those to try to teach yourself programming. You don't even need to tell anyone. And it, and the benefit of not telling anybody is that there's no pressure. Pressure is like a reason why a lot of us don't do things, and pressure can be put on us by ourselves, by other people, by institutions, by by money, whatever. But in this case. If you're just commuting and you want to learn programming and you really don't know if you do, I mean, they're on a podcast. If you're like, man, I like this, but I can't learn just from just from listening, then maybe add uh, a little bit of one of the programming learning apps. Oh, I don't like doing this on my phone. Okay, try it on your computer now. You know, wherever the journey is going to take you, I mean, what's going to happen? Like, like yesterday, you didn't even know what an HTML tag is. Tomorrow, you know what what CSS and HTML is. I mean, what's what's the difference? And there's no there's no one sitting there being like, you know, in section seven of your test, you know, you will have to distinctly remember what these acronyms mean, HTML and CSS. There's no one standing there doing that to you. So you can you're really in charge when you're doing this self-learning journey. You're in charge of your own destiny. You can learn something that isn't even a useful skill for making money because some people will argue, hey, you should only be learning skills that will make you money. Well, not really. I learn a whole bunch of stuff about video games in order to play them better. And I'm not a professional gamer. It's because that's my off time. And that's what I'm doing. And that's my passion. And that's my hobby. And that's what I'm doing. So if you're a person that likes to learn a bunch of stuff, I mean, go for it. You don't need to worry about keeping up with the classmates and all that rest of that stuff. Um... I think that really concludes that segment. Uh, unless we have anything else sort of o- offer, Mike, I think we can move into the more conversational, I guess, section, which is the tips and tricks. Um, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, so, I'll I have a su- I have a subsection, and Mike has a subsection. So I'll just go first here. So, um, don't be afraid um, of not completing things, like not reading all the way through. And I mentioned this in the in the show a couple times, not reading all the way through or watching till the end. Get your information and get out. So one of the things that happens to us, meaning complete people that like to be like to get the check mark, like to complete things, like to get like to be completionists, if you will, is that we will force ourselves to do things even if we don't like them. For example, people say, I know I'm three seasons into this show, I have to finish it. And I hate this show, but I have to listen I have to watch all seven seasons. Do you? I mean, maybe you want to know the story, whatever, like, you know, it's up to you. But do you need to complete that seventh season, like all the way through seven and including seven? Do you need to do that? 
No, you don't. And I'll say this right now. So I'm listening to a pretty famous podcast called Up and Vanished. Um, and by Payne Lindsay, whatever. And I was getting annoyed with it because I was trying to listen to every episode and they have episodes like it'll be like, you know, season one, episode one, etc. So they have episodes. They have like sort of a spinoff ish episode type called Case Evidence. And then they have another episode type where there's well, there's a couple. There's there's Q&A's. There's like bonus episodes, which are sometimes Q&A's, whatever. And I was and then there's like bonus live episodes and I was just getting pissed off. Like I was like, man, I like I can't like I'm every like I'm listening to two hours or something or whatever of this podcast or two episodes, three episodes, and I'm getting like two minutes of what felt like two minutes of actual content on this case. And I was like, I'm just interested in the case, right? I'm just interested in this case. I'm not like I don't need to know what Jim from some random town needs to like has an opinion on a piece of it. Like, I don't I don't care. And that's almost like a social media content now or comment. Now, some people are super into the case and some people love those episodes. People like to participate in those episodes. That's fine. But I felt obligated, even though this is just like a thing I'm doing on the side. I'm not doing this professionally. I'm listening to a podcast. I was felt obligated to finish the show. Like I felt obligated to listen to every episode. And then I talked to a friend who um, is also listening to the show and or listened. I think she's done it. And she said, you know, you don't get a lot of information if that's what you're after out of the Q&A and the live episodes. So she's like, there's a couple that are good, but you know, you're not, you're not going to lose much. So maybe you can just listen to the episodes or listen to the episodes and the case evidence ones. Cause those are pretty interesting and actually pretty insightful. And that's exactly what I did. And now I'm ripping through that, that podcast because I'm not being a completionist and I'm actually enjoying it more. And I'm just marking the Q and A's and stuff as done. But this goes back to the point of you take it into self-learning, you know, away from this sort of leisurely podcast that I'm listening to or podcast that I'm listening to on my leisurely time. It's on a pretty serious topic. Um, the podcast is. But like I'm like I'm listening to this on my off time and like I'm being completionist in my off time. So you can imagine people that are like, I have to like I have to know everything I can put into an HTML tag. Well, you're going to ha- you're going to be there for like a year. <laughs> Like, maybe not that long, but like, you're going to be there for a while. Like, all the different options, the history of it, HTML4 and like, you know, HTML1 and like, what crazy. Like, you're not like, that's that's too much. So people, I think you just need to step back and don't be so completionist. I think last week we had a conversation on the whole Webpack uh, conversation where you were kind of treating it as a completionist thing where you wanted to learn everything about the full tech stack before jumping in and that yes. was that was an incorrect approach that something that I said was an it was an incorrect approach because it's delaying you actually getting into the stuff that does matter the actual coding where you're just going to get overwhelm yourself the more you do it so the more completionist you are technically especially when you're first starting out and especially if you're talking about a large amount of uh, like a big project that if you want to do and you want to learn every single piece before you jump in you're not going to get like I don't you're not going to do it period it's just not going to happen. So being a completionist cannot is not only like going to uh, slow you down; it might stop you from learning things. So you've got to kind of you know know what stuff to learn, and that'll come with time. You'll, it'll you know at first you'll want to probably li- read more, listen to more, and eventually once you start actually uh, jumping into projects and solving them and, and figuring out how to do it, you'll know where to stop. But you have to have that mindset that like. I don't need to read this whole thing. I don't need to listen to this whole thing before you can get there. 
And I'll actually say one, and this is like a personal thing that happened to me, but, and, and I mentioned this on the show before. So I mentioned that like I went through um, school, like high school, and I did, I took like all the big maths. So I took like, talk about grade 12, we're talking advanced functions and then calculus. And those are considered like the big difficult math courses. And um, one of the things I noticed was I was doing well in math throughout my throughout my like journey of of school like of high school like i was doing well in grade nine i did well in grade 10 started doing eh in grade 11 and then it was like bad in like grade 12 and i did well in calculus actually because i kind of like cracked my own code so uh, one of my teachers actually said you know and i'm not going to name names one of my teachers actually said the person that was teaching advanced functions said something along the lines of in grade nine we teach you everything in grade 10 we teach you most of everything in grade 11 we kind of teach you like a little like less like every year it gets less and less so in grade like 11 we teach you like whatever it is i'm paraphrasing from memory but like half of the stuff you need to know and then like you know in grade 12 maybe it's 50 percent or 25 percent. it's even a little bit less whatever like it's less than so every year it gets less and less and less so it's they teach you everything in grade 9 less in grade 10 less in grade 11 less in grade 12 and what i found was i did well in calculus or like pretty well but i did the the best during units where I actually understood what I was doing. I did not understand what I was doing on the paper. Like I was just following the rules, carry the two, move this bracket. I don't know what I'm actually doing. Like I don't, is this, is this making a shuttle to go to space or am I calculating my, how my eyeball sees? I literally don't know. And one of the units I remember was where I kind of cracked the code. And this is where I did better in calculus. I know I'm not amazing, but I'm not a math whiz by any means. But I read the textbook, even though we were told, you know, we weren't told to, I read the textbook on how the actual thing worked, like what I was doing on this particular unit. And then like, this was literally like the night before the test and the whole unit fell, fell together in my head and I got 98 on that test because I just understood what the fuck was going on. And so as a result, now I treat everything like if I don't understand everything about something, I'm going to either struggle with it, screw it up, not do well not get it. And I think that like, that's, that's what's tainted me this whole time is because having, you know, suffered through advanced functions effectively and then suffered through calculus to the point of that unit and then being like, holy crap, this makes a lot more sense. You know, it worked in that particular context, but I, I think I'm extrapolating that too much because I had a bunch of other courses that I didn't do that in and I did fine in them. You know what I mean? But I just took that like, this is very hard. So when I when I learn, I learn better when I understand what I'm doing. So therefore, I should learn absolutely positively everything. But when it comes to tech, there's too much on the table, too much on the plate. And I just can't. And so like, just like a, I know this is an aside in a brief like personal story, but that is legitimately why I do that. And I, and it, it's going to be hard for me to, for, for me to kick the habit, but I, it, I need to. Definitely. Um. My next tip and trick is uh, don't worry about e – here we go, like related to the same thing again. Don't worry about understanding every little thing until you start practicing. And even uh, and even then, you know, more knowledge comes with more time spent practicing and learning. So, for example, uh, you know, uh, the first thing that comes to mind when I say this is, you know, when you're on the job and like you, you start a new job. So, you're on the job, first day, guy comes around, whatever – uh, your boss. I'm just trying to think of like a specific scenario that I went through, but without naming names. So like, let's say, uh, yeah, I know one. So, um, I worked in a factory one time and like 
they were like, okay, what you're going to do is you're going to load these boxes onto these like skids and someone else is going to do the UPC codes, the like barcodes. And normally you would do that, but just don't worry about it. And so you just sort of leave that alone and you don't know, you don't understand that. But as I got better at like loading the skids on, because it was a very particular way to load them on, as I got better at that, then they taught me how to do the codes. And then I started doing the codes as well. Whereas if I had done both, I probably wouldn't have been able to handle it, but they were trying to slowly introduce myself, introduce me to it. And this is actually something that I don't do in my own self-learning, but you should do and I should also do, got to get into the habit of, is if, if you learn how to import a database and you just import databases all day from zip files, whatever, and you learn how to do that, but you don't really understand what's going on. And then one day you hit the hiccup of the database being too big to import. Now you're diving into PHP INI files, you know, upload limits, you're diving into compression. And if you can compress the database and, you know, whatever, splitting it up into parts or like whatever. And this is where, this is where your, um, Splitting it into parts helps you like you were taught or you'd self-taught yourself to import the databases, but now, now you need to know about this other stuff and you're Googling it. And so you've mastered importing. Now you need to further your knowledge with like learning INI files or whatever. But if you were to learn about INI files, upload limits, all this, all that while you're learning how to import, all that stuff is in your head all at the same time. And that's where it starts getting messy because you're going to be like, holy crap, this is complex. And you're going to start freaking out. And it's true. Like you will start being like, what am I doing here? Like this is too much. This is all over the place. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Because with something like sysadmin, you know, learning Linux commands might sound confusing, but then that becomes you know, sec- like that becomes secondary, like that becomes just muscle memory. And then the complexity comes from you actually understanding how the hell Linux works and how the hell to actually use those tools and use those commands to make other things work, usually with no user interface. But learning it all at once, no way. I think to go back to your math example where, uh, you know, it, it taught you or it, it kind of programmed you to have to dive in really deep before you start. Um, there's nothing wrong with learning a chunk of something really well. So when you're starting, let's say, a project that has, you know, a back end, a front end, uh, deployment, like you have to do the deployment, production deployment, you have to do the database and stuff like that. That that in itself is very intimidating. But let's say you break that part, all those parts up into little chunks. And you want to really learn how to do the front end really well. And you do a lot of like research on that. And then you start the front end. I don't think that that or like a certain portion of the front end or something like that. I don't think it's a problem in that sense uh, to have that kind of, I don't know if it's a completionist mentality or a deep dive mentality, whatever you want to call it, that mentality of having to kind of learn the ins and outs of something before you start. I think you can apply that mentality as long as you break up your project into doable chunks. And that's the same thing with your math, right? So when you when you were doing your calculus, uh, 
you're not going to learn all of calculus. You're not going to learn how calculus works from the ground up. What you probably did, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is like your unit that you were doing, you dove in and you learned what the hell you were doing during that time, like whatever it is, a derivative, whatever it was at the time that you were doing, you learned how that worked really well. And that was a building block for you to be able to figure out what's what else is going on. That You can apply that same skill and same kind of, I guess, tenac- tenacity or whatever you want to call it, to learning web development by just breaking up your project into doable small chunks. That's interesting. Because most recently I'm doing this, and this is like my weekly growth goal, but like I've been doing the media player. And I tried to dive in and was like, okay, I need to know how to, how this media player works overall. And I started reading and immediately it was like, Okay, each of these parts, like, you know, play button, pause button, volume buttons, they're pretty easy. But holy crap, is this confusing with CSS and HTML and JS all mixed in. Yes. And like, I was like, holy frick. And so I was forced to be like, okay, how, I'm going to get this play button to work. Oh, okay, this this tag's wrong. I'll fix this. Okay, now I've done this. Okay, let's get a stop button. Let's did it. Oh, you know what? I don't actually like, like, I, I got it working, but I don't like the stop button. Like, I don't I don't need it. Get rid of it. Like doing it piecemeal really worked, but like getting into, like getting into it, even though it's like an easy enough to use API, it's just, it's just too much all at once. Yeah. It'd especially like, when you combine the three different aspects, like the HTML, CSS, JS, whereas you can just like hone in on one of them. Like say first you do the the layout really well with HTML and CSS, and then mm-hmm. you hone in just on the JavaScript side of making the play button work. And you deep dive into that and you figure out what the best way to do that is and stuff like that. I'm assuming that's how you've been kind of going at it or similarly. Yeah, I like I like grabbed the Mozilla whatever documentation network or whatever they call it. Uh, I never remember the name, but the Mozilla like whatever it is, I, they had an example of a video and I just literally took that whole thing, copied it in, made it work on web on Webflow. Then I changed that to audio and then now i've drastically like it's basically not even their code anymore like i've just completely ripped it a new one but like it allowed me to go like okay i need to work on play pause where's the play pause function here it is okay i don't like how this works and then i like you know rip it all the shreds and fix it up and um that's how i've been doing it but i guess like getting that big example code helped me get over the hump of being like i need everything at once because then I was like, okay, I have a working media player. Now I'll work on this. But for some reason, I was just like not willing to go through each button. I, I think that might be a problem um, that I need to work through as well. Like you're saying, like it's it's definitely from that calculus class or it's or it's the very first thing I always think of. Like I did really well in that one test because I knew what the, what the F was going on. So like I really should like I really should do that again. And I And I'm extrapolating it to too many situations. I think that's that's the issue. I you know what actually and this is this is going to sound crazy. I do this a lot even in games. I don't try things I I I read up on them first. And it's a game, who cares? But I still do it. I still read up on them first. Hmm. Bizarre. Like I I it I think it's it's just something I need to get out of for sure. It's something I need to obviously read up on stuff but like within reason. But I'm like scared to try stuff. I don't I don't try anything. I don't try anything like hardly at all. That math class messed you up, dude. It's it's bad. Like it's 
Yeah. So that's <laughs> interesting. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just like it wasn't it was me, too. Like, it wasn't like the teacher did it to me. It was like I literally <laughs> I literally did it to myself. Like, I read that textbook. I made that mentality. I the one that did it. Like, it was all me. Bizarre. But yeah, I don't know. Um, interesting. Interesting insight. Uh, and then the, my last tip and trick just to kind of get through it is uh, I like to mix and match my learning experience with a collection of videos, podcasts, and documentation, as well as practice. So practice kind of goes hand in hand. Like I said, like usually you need, usually or almost always, if not always, you need practice with your preferred method of learning. But if I'm being lazy, I uh, turn on a, turn on a video. If I'm just getting introduced to something, I turn on a video. Um, If I am getting into it, I start looking at the written materials. If I'm a person, if I'm really enjoying learning about something, but I, you know, need to do actual work that day or like, um, I need to go out somewhere or drive somewhere. I'll turn on a podcast. Um, or what am I? Who am I kidding? My car's not new enough to have a headphone jack, so uh, I don't do that. But like, <laughs> my commutes are silent. Um, but I will listen to a podcast like when I am playing like a game or when I'm you know whatever cleaning something up or if I'm unboxing some stuff from Amazon or some other sort of like in-home task, if you will, then I'm listening to a podcast almost always. So that's kind of how I continue my learning. And that's kind of where I'm at, where I like a mix and match of everything. And I learn best with video plus, video plus, excuse me, um, practice. But podcasting helps me not be anxious about not continuing my video learning. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, on- Honestly, I, I kind of do the same thing. I'm I'm in that same like I do a very big mix of stuff, but I've I've got it down where I like if I'm going into a new topic, I watch a video uh, on the topic, like a ten, anywhere between ten and fifteen minutes. I don't I don't go too ham on it. If it's like a longer video, I will skip it around, like you were saying before, and then I just dive right in. And then from there, I learn what I what I'm missing the most because by diving right in after having that a little little bit of an introduction on how to get started and stuff like that i uh, i'm able to figure out what i know what i can what i can figure out my one on my own what the documentation will allow me to do so i i obviously while i'm setting everything up i have the documentation pulled up on one of my monitors and then also what i will need to kind of like deep dive on so if it's something like uh, you know user authentication is a little bit confusing in this back end I'll deep dive on that using like more videos or articles or deep dive into the documentation or go on a discord group and ask them. I've used all those methods, but that's my accelerated approach at this point to learning a new topic. And it's, it's been very consistent, I'd say for the last couple of years, that's how I've picked up technologies. Like that's how I learned sanity. That's how I learned strappy. That's how I learned view. That's how I learned react. That's how I learned flutter. Like literally any new technology I've learned those that's been my approach and it's worked and that's why i was so like adamant on like this is what you should figure out first what is what is your approach because once you figure that out there's no topic that will like intimidate you there's nothing that will be like okay i can't figure that out you know i'm not you know i'm not going to learn this because i don't i don't want to put the effort into learning it because in the end um as long as it's something that's well documented and you'll figure that out really quickly as well uh, it's it's all doable as long as you understand the core concepts. And to bring it to my tips and tricks, one of mine is learn the basics first. So if you're diving brand new into something like web development, you can apply this to any skills that you want to learn. Uh, find out the core basics. And for web development, that would be JavaScript, HTML, and CSS. 
and learn how they work to a certain degree. Don't like, you know, spend years learning each and every one of them, but make sure that you can kind of do the basics that you need to do with them. You want to build a website with them. You want to control some reactive stuff on your page with JavaScript. You want to lay out your website so that it works great with uh, mobile and not mobile and it looks decent. Maybe do a little bit of animations. Like you want to learn them pretty intricately because what, again, we've said this a million times on the podcast. Once you have those basics down, it's so much easier to go in and then learn something like Vue or go and learn React or go and learn WordPress or whatever. It's just one of those, like it's a building block and building blocks are really important when you're learning new skills. That's that's kind of like my base advice. Then I have a couple other things here. Uh, one of them is figure out what you want to do with your skills before diving into learning. So when you're going and learning something new, uh, you need to have that motivation. You need to have something that will drive you. If it's something like, hey, I, I you know, I want to make some money on the side, or I want to change my career or whatever that's your motivating factor and then what do you want to do with that like do you want to make client like do you want to become like a you know an agency or like a little web dev shop where you're just you know creating client websites do you want to create a web application that you can then monetize somehow um do you want to work at a you know a startup be there you know technical whatever like it's going to be difficult to figure out exactly what you want to do when you're first starting out but think about the big picture think about what you want out of this and think and when you're learning always be thinking about that in the back of your mind because that's what kind of gives you that association with with uh, the the material that you're covering and the end goal and every time that you're kind of like okay I'm learning this new skill I'm going to be making money or something like that with this skill, you're going to have a way to kind of motivate yourself to go through the next chapter, go through the next task, go through the next project and uh, retain that information. That was kind of something that was missing for me in high school. I would say I never made that connection of like, how do I, you know, why am I doing this? What, like, it was always just a completionist thing. Like I need to finish school. I need to finish like university or whatever. Like it's always, it was always a completionist thing. And it's not until I got to like college uh, where I started to put together like, oh, I need this skill. I need to learn this because I, I want to get this job or I want to do this thing with my life, right? And as soon as that clicked for me, it was so much easier to spend six hours to figure out a stupid pre-lab for digital systems, which is like a ridiculous course that we had to take. But regardless, like I would have never spent that much time to do a, to do anything in high school. I just kind of coasted my way through Whereas with anything in college or university, I was invested for the most part because, again, I had a direct connection to what I wanted to do with my life. That's one of the things that I, you know, I, I don't like about traditional like learning and, and I think it's important, whatever. But I think it's – but th- th- there's one thing that I don't like is that it feels like a place where you're just trying to do the check marks. Like even if you're not a completionist per se – there's people in our cores that would just coast to get the 50, to get the pass. They wouldn't actually try to get a good grade or whatever or like try to retain the, retain the skills they learned. They would actually just quite literally get just far enough to get the check mark. And so it's like a game to them. It's not It's not a place to learn the skill. And I will say that I'm guilty of that as well where – being like effectively institution like educationally institutionalized your whole life you know you go through in canada anyway you go through uh elementary school which sometimes has a middle school in there and then 
um, you go through high school and then you, then you have an optional post-secondary. And one of the things that like we did was, or one of the things that I did was, and like a bunch of people did is it's just like, you're just like, you're forced to be there to do all these subjects. So like Mike's saying, you just coast because you just want to get all this stuff done. And then if you do go to post-secondary immediately after secondary or high school, you're institutionalized to believe that you're just there to get the check mark. Like if you're a person that I remember grade 12 was like a big stressor for everyone where it was like, holy crap, like we have to do really good or else universities won't let us in. Right. Um, universities and post-secondary won't let us in. And so it was like this big stress. Right. And people were freaking out. Those people were looking for that 80, 90, whatever. Um, but they weren't looking for that skill. They were looking for the 80 or 90, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. If it, like if they if the teacher would just say, I'll just give you 90, that person probably wouldn't study the the actual topic. And that's the. That's the difference, in my opinion, between institutional learning and non like maybe it maybe. And I'm not giving life advice, but like, let's say like maybe there would be a benefit to like going into the real world for a bit and then like getting a job and then going to post-secondary because then I would have like college, then I would have been like, I need to keep these skills. But those that um, that mentality that you had, Mike, didn't get into my head until I took a co-op. And then we took a co-op in, in school and then I was like, oh, damn, like there's a lot of skills that are at use here. Like I got to know this stuff. And then when I saw those skills at school, then I started to retain them. So yeah. like the earlier you sort of learn that, the better, but it sucks because you like school, even though post-secondary is more or it is tailored to what you selected in our case, it's still very much like high school and elementary school in that there's tests, exams and projects and you have to do good. And so your goal is to do good, not to learn the skill. Or it, it can be that and you'll still do good. You know, you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, so you know how like sometimes the, the people will say like, oh, geniuses, like they they just they just sucked at school. It's probably because they were after the skill or after the thing they were doing and they didn't care about somebody writing down questions on a piece of paper. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it's it's a weird. It's a weird metric to measure everyone on. Yeah. Rather, like when, rather than the actual like. Are they learning anything? And I mean, they're trying to test your knowledge on what you're learning uh, and giving you grades on that. But they're not it's not a, a very effective thing. Now, having said that, this is a very difficult topic because how how, like how do, do you design? Do it? Yeah. How do you design an education system that does not only appeal to everyone's different learning abilities and different learning strategies, but also makes sure that they are actually learning? Because like the test, that's what the testing and assignments are there for is that the, the assignments are more there for you to learn. And then the test is there to teach, to, to test if you're actually learning the material. They don't do it very well. Like the, it's just not a great way to do it because it puts pressure on the wrong spots. You're, um, you're cramming for time. Like oftentimes yeah. it's like, well, tomorrow we're on to the next math topic. So if you don't understand how to do this on tonight's homework, good, good luck. Yep. Yeah. 
there's definitely a way to improve it, but I don't have that way. I've thought about that a long time for a long time. I mean, time. co-ops is a way. Like, co-ops mm-hmm. is a way because, like, co-ops bring you into the real world and you're like, damn. And then, like like I just said, then I started paying attention more to these specific uh, to these specific things. But it's – see, the thing is, is this is this is the difference. Since people might be – people listening to this might be getting mad being like, well, good grades are good. I'm not saying that good grades are bad. What I'm saying is, is this. If you have a project put at your feet right now where you have to, for example, say – um, I don't know, Mike, let's just say Mike's a customer. Mike calls me and says, I really need you to set me up with a t-shirt store because my t-shirt store went down. It was on old software and I need a brand new one. Um, there is no grade in which Mike's going to give me. The only thing that matters is me making the t-shirt store. So the skill I need to do, the skill I need to have is making a t-shirt store. And the result is making the t-shirt store. It's not me striving to get questions right if that makes sense like the only thing that's going to get me money or get me a good review good testimonial is me making something with the skill but in school you can shoot for a grade by memorizing things that you don't actually understand to make sure that you can fill out like fill in the blanks true and falses and long answer questions and that's how you can kind of get by without the actual skill. I can't remember any math. I don't I can't remember hardly any of it. I kind of I kind of remember some, but I like I would need a serious I don't know about you Mike, could you do Laplace right now? <laughs> I would need a serious refresher like you're saying. I would need I, a serious refresher. Yeah, like and and the thing is is it's because we don't do it. But like I mean like we have web development skills to make that t-shirt store. And so there is no like paper, you know, there is no like paper that, that we can like, it's not manipulating. I don't really know what, how to say it, but it's like, it's like you're learning for the, 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 the sake of, of getting the grade, but in real world, you have the skill to solve the problem or to fix the thing or to build the thing or to maintain the thing. There is no like, Hey, you know. You don't know how the hell this generator works, but you got A plus on the generator test. You, you know what I mean? If that makes sense? Yep. No, And absolutely. so, like, I think that's why you're, like, self-taught kind of comes in because it's, like, you're more than likely teaching yourself for the real world. And so, it's different. It's certainly, it's certainly, like, self-teaching or, like, learning, learning with, learning even in traditional school that you actually need these skills, like Mike said, is way different than just looking for the next good grade. I think that's the sum up. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think that I think that's a good way to sum it up. Um, now I don't know if you have any more tips and tricks, Mike. Um, but uh, uh, no, I think we let's move on to the weekly growth goal. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I'll let Mike go first on this one since I've been blabbing on this whole episode. So take it sure. away, sir. Weekly growth goal. Yeah, so uh, last week I said I would do an exercise of some sort every day for the week, and I did do that. Um, it wasn't as good as I thought, but I like because of the weekly growth goal. I would like even if I really didn't want to do like a full set of like yoga or a full set of uh, push-ups, sit-ups, whatever, I'd still go and do something. And uh, I think that did really help a lot with my motivation for exercise. And I think I'm going to keep it up. I'm going to at least do something, whether it be just doing some squats and a few sit-ups and a few uh, push-ups, at least something. But then with the intention of it becoming more 
routine and more structured down the line because I want to I just want to get the 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 habit built up first and then slip in some more structure to that habit. That's my idea for the exercise um of every day. And then for this week I'm going to steal Matt's directly because it's something that we're both going to be doing. It's uh finish our book bookkeeping. We have our year end coming up and we've got to get everything over to the accountant. So I was going to make this week more about uh HTML uh weekly growth goals because I did make some good progress with that, but I'll save that for next week. Um but I did say last week that I would have some sort of like estimate for when I will have a beta up and I think I do have that right now. Um I believe I should have a beta up in 2 weeks time. So no, my next him. my next weekly growth goal will probably be finalizing something up something about that uh the weekly growth goals app. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we'll be looking out for that. Make sure you check out that Trello board. Uh, I assume you're keeping that up to date, Mike. Yes, I am. Uh so check out that public Trello board if you want to keep track. Uh, this is, of course, just an estimate, but uh, a couple of weeks. That's exciting. Then we'll have a, a more official way to discuss our weekly growth goals. Exciting. My uh, weekly growth goal was to work on the media player, and I did exactly that. So I got the play pause uh, working. I got uh, I did I had next and previous buttons planned, but like this is on individual pages. So I just scrapped those because I don't think people are going to really use those in these particular contexts. So I, I think I'm going to scrap those. Um, but I did make it so that you are able to scan through the episode based on where you click on, on the timeline, which was not a feature of the default one. The default one just had like a visual timeline, um, and like a fast forward and a, and a reverse. I killed those and I made it so that you can just like scan through by clicking. And then I have a, a, uh, volume slider that isn't really a slider. You just like click on the slider sort of bar. So I, I don't know whether I'm going to make it a slider or make it sort of like the Mac where you just like tap like volume up, volume down, because that would be easier uh, just to sort of get this thing out. Because uh, th- I actually, one thing I wanted to mention this weekly growth goal is like, it sounds like it's easy when I look at the volume part of the a uh, HTML5 API or whatever. I'm just like, oh man, the volume's super easy. But then you have to remember that you have to make it into a user interface. So like, do I have like a little ball that you drag? Do I like make it so you just click around? Like the UX actually takes... A lot of time, something that I did not consider in this case, but finished most of the media functions, audio plays, you could skip around, play, pause, change the volume, all digitally, all that. Now it's time for UX and visuals, UX UI, basically, um, and some functionality as I go through the UX, of course. But uh, yeah, nailed the nailed the media player. It looks like crap, but it works. So I'm happy about that. Um, then then I'll be hopefully flying on the rest of the site because this is, I think, the most complex little piece. So that'd be nice. And uh, my weekly growth goal, just like Mike said, finish bookkeeping. We would really love to work on the Hat website, but we literally need to legally get our bookkeeping done. So I will be doing my bookkeeping, um, doing my bookkeeping and just getting it, getting it up to snuff, basically. Um, That's... That's it. I mean, that just that simple. And now, uh, I don't know whether we're going to be doing a web news this week because this episode was planned for like a rather short period, and then it like became really long because we had lots of good conversations. So keep your eye out on the old RSS feed for a web news. Um, it might be about the whole GameStop situation thing that I'm sure you've heard about. So there's tons of coverage on it anyway, even if we don't cover it. But um, we might cover that. Just keep an eye out. Not guaranteed. 
Remember, we are on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML. All the things. Check out the tiers. Give that a go. Many thanks to our $3 tier patrons. Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on YouTube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript. Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design on LocalPathComputing.com. Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on BlueBlackDigital.com. Chris from Self-Made Web Designer on SelfMadeWebDesigner.com. Tim from The Web Hacker on TheWebHacker.com. DL Ford from DLFord.io. Bib Hashdash from Nine Block Media on NineBlockMedia.com, and Jason from Geek Life Radio via GeekLifeRadio.com. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on, and this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.